Hello and welcome to Honest Theology, a podcast where we ask real questions about a real faith and a real God. Today we're continuing our conversation all about discipleship and where it fits today. So as disciples, what should we be wary of? When a system seems to be bringing success, you don't ask the questions. Because technically you should be a disciple of a <laughs> discipler. I'm Paul Serstad with Dr. Hugh Osgood. Let's be honest. Okay, Hugh, so um, last week we talked all about the history of discipleship, at least from Jesus onwards. So we looked at Jesus, then we looked at the 3,000, then we looked at the Paul and Timothy, and then you very promptly started straying into this week's topic. I know, how remiss of um, me. I'm so which, is, which is terrible. <laughs> um, to, let me ask this instead. Why do you think that this word discipleship is such a... Uh, a big hot topic for today that's interesting it depends who you're talking to you know um one of the things that's happened is that in some of the denominations that are facing decline they've really grabbed hold of the concept discipleship might be the answer it might stop the decline it might engage our people more effectively and yeah i can see that but i i also believe that that's not just what discipleship's about it's not a rescue program for flagging churches it's mm. actually something more than that and i really think that one of the elements that can get missed out if you just sort of think that that's going to recover everything is that you can miss out on that sort of dynamic encounter with jesus which really i think when we were talking last week is at the heart of the whole discipleship initiative that he was taking through that it was about, in the end, knowing his life and knowing his power. Yeah. Okay. Uh, two things here, then. I'm going to throw them both at you. One, the fact that churches are, uh, as you kind of said, coming around to this idea of going, discipleship might be the answer. Like, looking at the Bible seems a strange thing to say, seeing as that's kind of what the call was meant to be from the start. So sure. what what seems weird now is that it's like this new idea, discipleship, what a great, where it's like, well, when did we? When and why did we stray from that? Is is part A of my of my question. Part B is um, this encounter idea um, of we need to encounter Jesus. Yes, but there's plenty of people who encounter and then fizzle. Yeah, that's true, and I I, I accept that. So yeah. is, the, is discipleship the answer to that question, part A and part B? Yeah, no, I think they're two different things, really. I think yeah. there's a genuine need for people who've had an encounter with Jesus to really get engaged in, a, in discipleship and going forward in that. That, you know, you don't just become believers, you, you're becoming disciples, and that's really important. But I'm also aware that, you know, you have a congregation that you've had for a long time, and you just think, how can I put new life into this? And you end up thinking about, well, maybe a discipleship course, maybe something like that might do it. And if you don't have an element of a fresh encounter with Jesus somewhere in that discipleship program, mm. I don't think it's going to solve the problem. I mean, one of the things that's really interesting is I know a lot of people don't think of Alpha as a discipleship program. But actually, if you take on something like a, an Alpha course, there is an opportunity to really yeah. encounter Jesus in the midst of that course. And I think if the discipleship courses had that element in it, I think that would really help. Mm. That you know, it isn't just sort of, well, here you are, follow Jesus. Because actually, it's really difficult to get into biblical discipleship if all you're doing is just following a pattern rather yeah. than living the life. And I think, you know, that's something what we were talking about last week in contrast with, well, we were looking at unique situations, really. The early start of the church, 
the, the way that Jesus was discipling his disciples into life, um, contrasting that to some extent with John and then contrasting it with Paul. Um, yeah, we looked at those kind of things. But I, I do think that that whole need to have a dynamic encounter with Jesus has to be there somewhere in a discipleship. So what, what happened? Why, why now does discipleship sound like a new term that people are like, oh, yeah. This well, is I, the answer. Well, well, it is the answer, isn't it? So yeah, but when people, why? Like when people go to scripture, and they, I think, I think when when the church is is thriving, and you've got a system that seems to work, you know, you turn up on Sunday, you have a twenty minute sermon, you have the worship <laughs> the way that it is. Twenty minutes. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> maybe not the church you go to, right? Or when I go there, <laughs> but it's the. It's when a when a system seems to be bringing success, you don't ask the questions. But when it seems to be struggling, then you go back and maybe look at scripture and say, you know, what was it that took the church forward in the early days? And you go, ah, oh, it's discipleship. So are you saying that systems? I'm, I'm going to take this to the stream. Are we saying that systems um, are, are the death of discipleship? It's difficult, isn't it? Because you can actually fit in effective discipleship courses if you've got a bigger understanding of discipleship. We were talking last week about the 3,000 and how, you know, they had the small groups, they had the large situations, and the whole of life becomes a learning experience, really, the engagement with people. And we even talked about the fact that, you know, someone that you lead to the Lord, you can be discipling them. You don't have to put them on a program necessarily, but all of those things can come together effectively. So I don't dismiss it. I'm just thinking that if all you're relying on is that we've got this course material and we're going to take that through and we're going to believe that's going to transform everything, I don't think that's the fullness of what discipleship really is. No. Why? I mean, in our conversations, we've talked about, because we've navigated these things, we've talked about how discipleship in some churches and some circles seems to be restricted to a program or a course or a, you know, mm. a step, seven step key to success or, or well, yeah, whatever. They, they they have a place. But if you're if you're totally relying on that and thinking that's the whole of discipleship, I think you're missing out. What What are we missing out on? The concept that it's it's. Disciples of Jesus, knowing his life, living out his life, everything that we can draw in in order to encourage us in that, one-to-one -one relationships, the teaching we get in the context of church, courses that we do, all of that can come together and it becomes much more of a whole-of-life experience mm. rather than trying to put it into a little box. That, that, that's my feeling about it. I feel that if you do a course on discipleship, you feel that after the four or five weeks, you have been discipled and... Yeah, that's exactly the problem. The, the full stop is there. Yeah, and that's exactly the problem. That doesn't. And do we do it again now, or what do we do? Yeah, now we teach it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. That 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 can be the risk. Yeah, so we're we're on the same wavelength on that one. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's look at the, <clears throat> in a at least in a biblical discipleship model. Um, we do have two key elements. We have the disciple and the discipler. <laughs> Right. Uh, so uh, let's let's have a look at the disciple E, um, the person following. Uh, should that be everyone? Should everyone be a disciple E? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite sure. I, I go with putting discipleship into the two elements like that, 
because I think there are disciplers plural for every disciple as you put it. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that the, at the end of the day, you come into a relationship where there are two people. You can have more than one relationship. Yeah. But I don't have the same relationship with you as I do with my pastor. I'd like I have yeah. different. I, yes. So there is still a two way here and there is still a two way there. That's not a three. No, understood. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. I, th- th- that's what I mean by I don't mean exclusive. Hey, do you want to be exclusive disciples of me? Sure. <laughs> Not that. Right. So coming back to how do I see what the disciple is? Is that where you want to start? Yeah. Well, we all are. We're all meant to be learning. I, it doesn't stop. Okay. I mean, it's this whole of life thing. I, you know, I'm being discipled and I'm being discipled in different ways. I know, you know, you find it a little bit difficult that I learn from you, but I do. And I learn from everyone else as well, because mm. that's, that's my... That's my longing. I just want to. I just want to grow. I want to take everything I can that's going to provoke me, encourage me, um, and I think that's really important. So yes, we're all we're all being discipled, or should be having that mindset that we're here to learn, we're here to grow. And should we be intentional about seeking those kinds of relationships? And I don't. I again, I don't. Uh, we'll come on the problems of the, the the whole what this can do. I don't. I don't. Let's try not look at the abusive powers that, yeah, that yeah, happen, yeah, no. but like on the biblical model, on, on what it should be. Should I be looking for those sort of relationships? Yes, I think you should. I, I would put it like this. If you see someone who's got something that you feel, look, I need to know more of that in my life, mm. then obviously there are ways in which you can benefit from them. Now, it's unrealistic sometimes to think that someone who's carrying something that you think that is something I really need to engage with is necessarily going to be able to engage with you. It might be someone that you see on television. It might be someone that, you know, you, you, you've come across on the Internet. It might just be someone you've heard speaking at a conference mm. and, and you want to learn from them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you've then got to follow them everywhere or... But, you know, even that <laughs> there are might laws be... laws against that. Well, yeah, I know. <laughs> but even that might be preferable to pestering them all the time. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes people say to me, will you disciple me? And I'm saying, well, you know, just, just turn up where I am and you'll hear what I'm teaching. But I can't necessarily take everyone on on a, on a one-to-one basis. So I think that there are ways in which you can learn from people without actually forming a strong attachment. But if you go through life not having close attachments and you're dependent upon these remote figures that are meant to be inputting into your life, you're going to miss out on the real challenges where people say, actually, you're not coming up to the mark on that. And those kind of things. And encouragement too. Yeah. Uh, But also like when it comes to... Obviously, when you, for instance, if it's someone online and I'm just listening to all their stuff, it's that whole, uh, what's it called? Affirmation theory yeah. that you you agree with whatever you've already agreed with. Yeah. And therefore, you're not... You're not being expanded. You're, you're not being, being expanded, what you already know. developed, yeah. challenged, yeah. confronted and those yeah. things. And I think it's really good to have those online or books or things that you get from other people. Um, but you do need you do need a physical actual yeah interaction. I mean, even what we do here is, yeah. is helpful i mean you ask me questions you know i mean i could say well everyone needs a paul sestag go and find someone who'll ask you difficult questions my number is oh no 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 no, no. <laughs> but then people need to find someone who they can engage with themselves yeah and one of the things that concerns me is that that people see me in the public arena and they think oh yeah i know hugh and now there's only a certain amount that i can do 
Um, and I think people can benefit from what I bring, you know, Mentoring Mondays, everything else I put out there, really happy to do that. Mm. But I do hope from the bottom of my heart that they're in relationships with other people that are challenging them and provoking them as well. Yeah, they can also bring things that you, they learn from you and go, oh, actually this, this. And test they... it out on someone else. Well, yeah, yeah. exactly, you know, um, yeah, test. Oh. Uh, this would be a really great time to know that scripture off by heart, wouldn't it? But you'll you'll know it. The whole test, what you know, what's that? I don't know. And hold fast that which is good. Well, that's the one. <laughs> um, yeah, but actually testing out on people and saying, "Oh, I'm actually struggling with this," or "I don't get what this means." Mm. Um, uh, yeah. No, I, I, I yeah, I, th I, th yeah. Personally, I think everyone should have that. Have at least someone, and I think it does benefit to have more than one. Because then it's not. Now, if you do have the opportunity to get really close to someone and build that kind of relationship, mm. then, then make the most of it. I mean, that's not a problem. But I must admit that, that sometimes when people are going around looking for a spiritual father that they can sort of latch on to, um, it doesn't necessarily work. Because if you've got someone who really does care for you and you want to work like that, I think the Paul and Timothy relationship was great. Um, but I don't think that if you look in scripture, that Paul necessarily had that relationship with dozens and dozens and dozens of people. So if you can get that kind of relationship, yes, but, but don't go through life lamenting it. Mm. You know, I'd have been a different person if only I had so-and-so who'd been there for me. You know, no, no, Get what you all. can where you can. But then there are also, I've, I have met people who are opposed to, and I'm, I'm going to use the words now that will probably open up a bit of a wormhole, but... Uh, coming under anyone else's authority because if we if we're saying that disciple discipling is a teaching relationship of sorts mm -hmm. and a, and a pastoral there is a there is a there is an element of hierarchy there but not in a not in an abusive way in a positive way yeah so there are people who i've met that say no 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 no, no i don't need any one or anything but the word of god mm -hmm. um which i think is a great sentiment but in practice that, you know, can no, we read and interpret however we want? No, I don't think you're opening up a wormhole. I think what, what you're talking about is absolutely right, that, that we submit ourselves to one another. And that means that we are prepared to come under one another's authority. Mm. And that's, that's reasonable and that's acceptable. I think the difficulty is that if that's a blind transaction, so that from now on, I've switched my brain off. I'm under your authority. Whatever you say, whatever is... you say I'll do. And yeah. that's it. And that doesn't work for anybody. No. And, and I think that's why someone, someone contacted me the other day. Um, uh, WhatsApp I got from overseas in a situation where there's been this battle over calling people father. You know, Jesus said, yeah. call no one father. And that's become a, an issue. And one of the things that when you look at Matthew 23, what Jesus is actually saying is, that just be careful about what it does for the people that you call father. You could end up with people like the Pharisees and the scribes who are looking for titles and looking for positions. Mm. So, you know, you can show honor to whom honor is due. That's not a problem. Mm. But it's just be aware that, you know, putting people on pedestals and those kind of things is not helpful to anybody. Um, you know, we, we all should be open and, and have those kind of relationships. But coming under authority is, is something that, that, that is part of respect, isn't it? You know, you, you're prepared to do that. Uh, and and I, I can't see any, anything, anything wrong with that. But it's that, it's that blindness, that exclusivity, and, and, and tying yourself into someone who, who wants to tie you down so much that they come with a sense of ownership.
to the point where you, you can't move and you can't think outside of that. And, and that happens quite a bit, too, that, that people do that. And, you know, I, I think, you know, if you have got someone that you're mentoring, um, you know, by, by all means, have that kind of watchfulness over them that you're just making sure that but, they don't get caught up in someone else's I'm taking you on. And yeah, this kind but of also thing. as the mentee, as the disciple E, we should also yeah. have that eye and just go. And that's why I think I'm saying it's good to have more than one. Yeah. That, you know, just well, so I we certainly can... have. I mean, there's, yeah. there's no one person that I could... There's a number of people who've had a huge influence on my life. Yeah. Okay, so moving on from disciple to discipler, um, you mentioned something earlier, which I, I, for me is the, the the real key that I think people miss when it comes to discipling. And when we talk about discipling as the the the, the cure, um, <laughs> it, this is where I, I think it sits mostly. Is when we should have an invitational culture to church but not only limited to that because then it means that we invite someone to church and they they're there and voila you went to the altar call finished um but you have uh, every single person that's that's when i when peter talks about a royal priesthood and that we're to all go and make disciples is that it is every single person's responsibility every person in the congregation not just the pastors so if you bring someone to church and they have questions or they do commit their life or they do, um, you know, do an altar call, but they have no idea what that means. It is on you. Um, yeah, I think so very much. And not in a too. negative, like, you have to do no, it. No, no, but... no, but, but positively. And I think where that goes wrong a lot of times is that people don't have the confidence. Mm. You see, you know, what, what people, a crumb can be a banquet to someone who's hungry. And, yeah. you know, so you've got a young believer there who's wanting to learn something. And you might have only been a Christian a short while, but you know more than they do. Mm. There are things that you can give them that will really bless them and encourage them. And you've got to accept that and be confident in that. Now, you may bring other people in. I think we talked about that last time. You know, if you don't know the answer, ask someone else so that you can bring them in. But, but it's, that, it's that relationship that, that's worth keeping. It, it, it's, mm. it's a sense of being in there to be a discipler as well as to be discipled. Yeah. Um, and... That's the whole when we, you know, it talks about loving one another. I think you, as as Christians, our want and desire should be for others to know Jesus as much or more than we know him and, and love him. And then if, if that's a true, you know, passion, and if, if that's a true feeling, then you'll want them to know more. You'll want to introduce them to every single person and like... To yeah, help I, think, their I think so. I think the other thing that happens sometimes, you know, I talked about lack of confidence in, in what people carry. But sometimes also people get anxious about, I don't want you to be dependent upon me. And I think that kind of attitude sometimes is unnecessary. I think mm. that, that relationships that have got a degree of dependence, it's not a problem as long as it doesn't become that sort of soul dependency. And, and it becomes oppressive. But, you know, there's the alternative where, where some people, we talked about it earlier, wasn't it? It's, it's, it's good to have different, different people that are discipling you. But, you know, I know that in a multitude of counsellors, there's safety, but also sometimes in a multitude of counsellors, there's confusion. 
Yeah. And also, sometimes, in a multitude of counsellors, there's an excuse for not taking responsibility for your actions. Mm. If you can find someone to say this and someone to say that and someone to say something different, you can do then you, you can do what you want. And so I, I think when you were talking earlier about having some authority and coming under some authority, I think there is a place for that. Because if you determine that you're going to do total pick and mix so that you don't yeah. listen to people, you can end up not really being discipled, but just picking your way and, you know, I like this, I don't like that. Which I guess is where, to a degree, denominations come in as helpful because you can, you could go to different denominations and people and pick and choose what you wanted and end up with a completely different religion. Whereas a, a denomination will generally have a set of standards um, or a set of, you know, standard beliefs rather. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's good to have some core convictions. Yeah, and I think that's really, Im really important. Yeah. But I don't think, you know, in holding those core convictions, we then need to alienate people and say, you don't see it quite the same way as I do. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I have some core convictions which are unshakable, but I've also got other things where I'm prepared to fellowship with people and accept they've got different points of view. And I'm not necessarily going to argue on everything because, you know, you don't have to. There's a, there's a place you learn and, and, and realize that people with different opinions can actually extend and give you confidence in what you believe yourself. So, yeah, I think. So what if... What if um... Because I mean, I, like I've talked about before how uh, different people come to faith in different ways. Some people need the apologetic. Some people just need that almost blind faith. And some people yeah, just some, need... For some people, it's a process. So yeah. you, you start the discipleship almost before they've actually got to the point where yeah, they've exactly. got a faith. But for instance, if um, it, let's say I'm someone who just believes because I've had an experience and I feel because of my... Uh, testimony that that's true which is a, a completely valid it's not really the way I, I for me that's not how I can accept it but if I'm trying to disciple someone who needs facts laid out who needs the apologetics who needs some sort of di a different way of thinking because you know left brain right brain how do I deal with that because I've brought them to church they've they've agreed uh, and they're like yeah I want to know more and I'm like yeah isn't it amazing just trust and they're like, ah, I'm going to need a little bit more than that. <laughs> well, even if we're left brain and right brain or right brain, it doesn't hurt to expand the bit that you haven't used in the past. True. So, you know, if you're a right brain person and you do it all one particular way and you're being challenged by someone who thinks differently, try and engage with them. It doesn't hurt. Mm. You know, don't just dismiss it and say, oh, no, I don't think like that engage you know because i think we're all meant to be developing yeah and i think what happens is that the, the church is really renowned for putting people into pigeonholes you know you're into this and you're a that and you're a something else and, and really i think that the whole purpose of discipleship is that we expand beyond that pigeonhole and become more holistic as people too but i think there's also there's an expectation for people to believe the way you believe <laughs> like because like I've, I've recently had a guy um just kind of asked asked me to mentor them in a, in a certain way, and the more I've talked to him, the more I realise, oh, it's because he thinks like me. Like he he asks these really quite dense questions, not dense as in thick, as in like no, no, intense, really yeah. intense. And it's great because we get to do some exegesis and break it down and like do some theological debating and and stuff. And it's 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 like a joy for me as well to be able to interact with him in that way because I'm like, oh, you. Because for me, I'm like, I wish I had this at your age. Yeah. I, that, that, for me, that's the reason why I, I strayed. Um, I wouldn't say I left the faith, but I just was like a bit meh 
about it, you know? Because I had no one who was willing to sit down and engage with me on the way that I needed to be engaged with. Now, that's important, really. And I think that's something that we've got to do. <clears throat> you know, if, we're, if someone is asking questions in a certain way, let's try and answer them in the way that, that they want them to be answered. Because that, that's part of discipleship. And this is where sometimes the system is, this is how I'm going to teach it to yeah. you, is, is limited. And that's why it needs to be relational. I think Jesus taught all 12 of his close disciples probably in different ways. I, mm. You know, there was the general stuff, but also I think he knew them intimately. Certainly the way he dealt with Peter was very different from the way he dealt with John. You can see that quite clearly. And I think we've got to be prepared to do the same. Yeah. Is there, should we be, as well, then I guess it comes to the thing of, I don't know, but I'll find out when mm. they ask a question. You can always, because technically you should be a disciple of <laughs> a discipler, and one of those disciplers <laughs> might, think that way so you'll be able to glean from them some information and learn from them on how to communicate yeah yeah um yeah i i, I know i know there are some formal systems that end up like that as well you know where this is you know you end up almost sitting somewhere in a pyramid that can end up feeling quite static that this is the person i go to and this is that and and i think you know uh, that there's what we're trying to get is a sense of discipleship, it's a whole life experience. Yeah. It's an engagement. There can be particular things where you get the opportunity to build close relationships. You do have to have some authority in your life. You yeah. can't just go through say, I submit to everyone, because in the end, you'll submit to no one. No, but it's also recognizing the people in your life who 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 are better at certain stuff. Like, for, for instance, my mother-in-law is goodness me the prayer warrior of prayer warriors she certainly uh, is <laughs> and she really is but and sometimes like if i just need some just to see some faith like some real just stepping off a cliff faith i'll go to her uh, or even my wife because she, she's she's got some of that in her and i'm like do you know what that, that i just need some of that right now because i i know where where to find things where yeah. to find things and yeah. also when i got some theological question i'll come to you or i'll come to pastor nick or because i know you guys enough and i know the people around me enough to go actually you're this is where you sit you're really good at this stuff and you're really good at that and i think that in that sense i'm on about going to people who are discipling yeah. you because yeah. you as you said relationally you know them yeah. rather than teach me master all that you know <laughs> yeah, not, not quite like that So as disciples, what should we be wary of? Like what is, when we are, when someone comes and asks, or when we take someone and we decide, I'm gonna try and I think the you. biggest thing to be wary of is turning people into your disciples rather than yeah. disciples of Jesus. And I think if you've got that clear in your mind that this person has a relationship with Jesus that I'm trying to advance, I'm trying to take them forward in that, that really clears a lot of the clutter out of the way. And what gets are some of the, the red sort of... flags for that? Uh, in terms of what, where you see it going wrong and you can see that, uh, oops, I need to be careful here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, when, when, when there's a level of control that is almost sort of shutting down your ability to think for yourself, mm -hmm. I think you know, that's definitely sort of a red flag waving for me there. Um, and I do also think that, um, you know, when it comes to not just because we're not talking about things that we we learn in theory, we're also talking about lifestyle. Yeah. And 
you know, I'm, I'm almost more concerned about that, where you've got someone whose lifestyle is not matching what they're saying. And I'd be really cautious in that kind of situation because, you know, bad company can corrupt. And you, know, you can have someone who, who talks the talk, but if they're not living the life and you're sort of spending all your time with them, you, you'll find that some of their, their liberties, which, which might actually be something that you feel uncomfortable with, is something that you might feel pressurized to take on. I've always been my own person in that kind of situation. Uh, you know, there are certain things I feel because of the way I've been brought up, that kind of thing. And I might end up in a situation where the person who's talking to me has got a different set of values in that area. Mm. But I don't want to necessarily imbibe those values automatically. There's something I want to hold on to and say, look, I need to maintain my personal integrity. And I think that's important in all of these kind of relationships. So any, any, anything that makes you, you feel pressurized to move away from that point of integrity yeah. in your yeah. life is something that's for me is a red flag. That's as a disciple E. Yeah. Um, but we should be, I guess we've all got, you know. Well, I think the discipler needs to be checking themselves all the time to making sure that they're not doing that. Okay. Because I think that. It's the same flags. It's the same flags, yeah. It's the same flags. It's the same danger zone that you can get into. And, and Jesus talked about it, you know, about people who'd become disciples of the Pharisees and disciples, and, and, and they'd ended up, you know, being made worse than the people that, that were discipling them just simply because of the principles. And, and principles is probably the wrong word, but the patterns that they were pushing mm. as, as being valid and they weren't. Yeah. So is this... Let's 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 conclude with this. When Jesus said, "Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all that, baptizing them, teaching them to obey all that I commanded you," what does that look like? Where do we see it, and or what should it look like? Well, there's absolutely no doubt that the that when you're going out to make disciples, you've got to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. And so going into all the world, you have to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Mm. Otherwise, if you're not preaching the gospel, you're just trying to take people into a system or into something like that. And that's not going to work. So that whole business of being out there and proclaiming there's life in Christ, there's forgiveness, there's a new start, all of those things are really important. And if you're not doing that, you're not being faithful to the message. So you've got to to have that if you're going into all the world you've got to do that and i think where the church has gone wrong sometimes it's actually tried to make disciples before they've actually made believers and i think that you've got right. to bring people to that point where they, they 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 come to faith in christ because they've responded to the gospel they've understood the power of the cross the power of the resurrection and we need to teach those things so i do think that's valid i know we've talked about the fact that if it stops at that point then something is wrong but it needs to start at that point mm. or at least have that point in mind when you start. If you're going to go through one of those programs, there needs to be some point when you really get that opportunity to say, hey, I've discovered what it is to have a new life in Christ. And then from that, you build. Yeah, I think that's good. You've got to know who you're following. Definitely. If, if you're disciple following means Jesus. follower. It's, yeah. that's, that's point one. Absolutely. Um, and you can belong before you follow to a community and yeah to a that. community but you still need to get that but challenge you need that yeah. moment of of knowing who it is who you who you're giving your life to before Absolutely. you start learning about it 
Well, that's, uh, that's really good. Okay, that concludes part two of our talk on discipleship. I don't know if there's going to be a part three here. We'll, we'll chat a little bit. We might be back next week. We might not. I, I, I don't know. Um, you might have more to say. Do you have more to say? Maybe. Do you? Maybe. We'll see. If you did like it, please do like, share, subscribe. Um, if you're watching on iTunes or Spotify, please do leave us a review because it really helps. But thank you so much. Take care and God bless.